Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we are kind of going through our 2020 <laughs> uh, book challenge. Uh, yeah, I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How you doing, Stephanie? Oh, uh, you know, surviving. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we can do that's at this point. all we can do. I mean, that's all we can expect anyone to do right now. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun to at some point when I can listen to myself on a podcast that has been published, go back through our 2020 episodes and just listen to like how much of a wave it is between like everything. Yeah, beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm great. How are you? It's cold. It's winter. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Life stuff. Sure. Going to Vegas. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Pandemic. Yep. Oh, fuck. Yep. Pandemic worse. Yep. But that's okay because it is a good week because we have brought back Ollie Brady. Yay. How you doing, Ollie? Hey guys, I'm going to ASMR everybody <laughs> and get us through this troubling time. Um, <laughs> I regret this already. The, the, lips, the, the lip smacking things are the worst. I don't know why I even did that. I disgusted myself. Um, but. Hopefully everybody's drifted off now so we can talk about this amazing book in we, all of We don't want them to drift off. <laughs> oh, sorry. We want them to, I mean, to pay God, attention. now once I've started the whispering, I have to bring it back up again. All right. <clears throat> and I'm back. And I'm back. Okay. I'm okay. good. I'm good, everybody. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing all right. Yeah. Doing okay. Doing okay. Uh, before we talk about the book that we were going to read this week, uh, we read Between Podcast. Stephanie, did you finally finish? I did not. But we had said I was going to read some of the heat section, and I did. Yes. But I have not finished it. Awesome. It's going to happen one day. I'm going to finish. Finally... <laughs> How about you? I finally own it, so now I can actually look at it. Yes. I am still going to get a physical copy of it, though. Yeah. Um, I did read between the podcast and meant to bring the book up. I read a few books, actually. Um oh. I guess nice. when I don't tell myself, hey, you are going to read this. Apparently, I actually fucking read. Okay, so I did read something else. I read the next two books after the one that we read for today. <laughs> That's fair. That works. That works. <laughs> um, You'll never read... catch me doing that. <laughs> uh, I read two horror books, um, given the, the vibe of this week. I read Come Closer by Sarah Gran and Five Midnights by Anne uh, Cardinal. Um, both of them were, were fine. One was about a woman being possessed by a demon. Oh. And the other was uh, about the Puerto Rican boogeyman. Ah, the chupacabra. No, not the chupacabra. That's like the goat killer thing. Yes. the. Um, I am not going to try because I'm going to butcher it. Try, um, try Megan, try Oh, it doesn't actually say what it's... Uh, crap. What's the Puerto Rican boogeyman? Now I need to look. Um, El Cuco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. That wasn't difficult at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, they call it by a few different names, and I couldn't remember which one, because it, uh, it is a common um, boogeyman. It's just got a different name throughout uh, different Latin countries, apparently. This is what I learned in the book. Um I recommend it with like a caveat. Like I like it, but like I see a lot of people who like, so I have not been to Puerto Rico and I am not Puerto Rican. 
Um, and I see a lot of people that are Puerto Rican or live in Puerto Rico that say that like the drug use in the book is um, a bit um, overblown. And the uh, the main one of the main characters is half Puerto Rican, half Irish, I think. And like, like they're like <laughs> constantly pointing out how white she is. And apparently that's not something that actually would happen in Puerto Rico as frequently as the book makes it sound. Yeah, because there's a lot of Puerto Ricans who are just Puerto Rican who are just look very white. <laughs> like, my stepmom yes. is very pale. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, um, I'm just shocked to find out that Megan isn't Puerto Rican. Like, how can you drop, drop no. that bombshell in the middle of the podcast like this? This whole time, so you thought. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I am not. I am Scottish, I think. I don't fucking know. Megan, you're American. Don't even try and pretend you're Scottish. Oh, I'm like, who came over on what boat? I think it's all Scottish. Uh, no, I am, yeah, fairly few generations back American. Yay. Uh, uh so Ollie, you—it's been a few little whiles. I don't—I rem- meant to write down what book you were going to read between your podcast episodes, and I didn't. But have you read anything fun recently? Yeah, I was saying this to you last week. Um, this is a, a little-known author. You, most people have never heard of him. Like, I don't think he's written all that many books. Um, Michael Crichton. Um, oh yeah. So at some stage in the last couple of weeks, for some reason, I have no idea why, I picked up Congo and Jurassic Park. Mm. Um, again, Jurassic Park, little known story. Very few people have read it. Yep. Uh, turns out that super prolific author who managed to write like 70 books in 60 years or whatever length of time and whatever number of books it is, very, very good. Like, <laughs> I, it shouldn't be a shock, but I'd never read any Michael Crichton books. But it shouldn't be a shock that he was good is what I mean. It's not, it, I'm not like, it shouldn't be a shock that I've never read any Michael Crichton. But... <laughs> I'd never even considered picking one up, but I picked up Jurassic Park and was like, I'll give it a go. Riveting. I mean, I love the film. It's most people my age is like, oh, it's like yeah. a fundamental film and we love it. And the book is better. And it's so weird oh, to say that because normally when people go, the book's better than the movie, I go, that's ah, probably not though. Um, but then the when you come... better than the movie. But Jurassic, Jurassic Park, the book is so good, Megan. It is, Megan, it is good. I will give you that. It is a fantastic book. The sexism in that book is yeah. a lot. Yeah, Megan. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't see sexism. <laughs> Get the fuck off my podcast, please. <laughs> I just don't see. I look beyond. I look beyond the sexism. You don't see color um, either. <laughs> I don't. I don't see color either. It's like people talk about privilege, and all I can think to myself is. I can't have privilege or else I'd be way less mediocre than I am. Um, <laughs> but but having read Michael Crichton, yes, there's, a, there's plenty of sexism in in the book. Uh, the sexism in Congo is worse. Um, since there's I don't think I've read Congo. Pretty much a definite love triangle between a lady, a guy and a gorilla. Um, <laughs> where the gorilla is jealous of the lady it's just look i can't I even mean, explain it. like if you've ever seen the movie. the movie congo it happens in the movie but it's way way more spelled out in the book but I, as i was saying I to megan there I've last week congo. the book is 
about insurance claims it's about finances there's multiple scenes where people are in a room debating on the value of life to the point where they're like well we would have to pay out x amount to people's families if they died in the field but if we were to mount a rescue mission it's going to cost 2.1 million there's 11 people we have to pay a hundred thousand each so that's 1.1 million we're saving a million just to let these people die and when you see that level being brought in and it's just look he's really Listen, really Ollie, good i didn't need you to come on my podcast and tell me you don't need sexism and then like completely just like bash my job i'm not <laughs> reminding me that job, this is my megan. job <laughs> i think your job is excellent i now want to know that megan griffin the non-puerto rican let's not forget that, <laughs> the non-puerto rican megan griffin is sitting in an office at some stage and she's like let them die it's cheap <laughs> like for the record, I would not do that. That is a claims thing. I am on the underwriting <laughs> side. I am more likely to look at it and go, huh. What are the odds that this is going to crash? Yeah. That's like... And how do I prevent those odds from happening? What's that famous, the, the Ford car where Ford decided not to recall them because it cost it would cost more to recall them than to pay out an in insurance and a lot of people died. It's, oh, it's an American, obviously, because it's Ford, but... I don't know, but making a mental note never to buy a Ford car. Yeah, it, it was it was sometime in the 70s uh, that basically if they got rear-ended, they would catch fire. Oh, oh I do remember. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember which one it is, but It's probably, yeah. it's going to turn out it's not Ford and I'm just like blackening the company's <laughs> name. Like, I'm like, oh no, it's they're going to come for me. It's not Ford. Maybe I'll put something here. Or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. We'll see. Have you have you ever had to do something like that, Megan? What? Like weigh up the value of human life versus financial gains. No, I mean like on the right something that was a danger like or call a recall of airplanes or um, so that's not exactly my job. Uh, that is more claims. My job is to more so um, take a look at something and go, is this something that we want to insure? Um, if not, is there anything that I can add on to it, like a deductible or something that would make it more likely to be something that we would want to insure? Um that's more my job, I guess. Yeah, so you're on the front end rather than yes. the back end. Yes. Ah. I'm more likely to get a call from claims that's like, hey, this thing crashed. And I go, fuck, I thought I did. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. No. So anyways, we read a book this week. <laughs> this episode. Uh, that was not about insurance. Because that would just make me cry. Um, our... <laughs> No, please, let's not ever. <laughs> let's not ever. No, no. Oh, wait, Ollie. No, our challenge. Have you well, read? Go I ahead. just wanted to ask Ollie if he's read The Lost World or if you're going to read The Lost World now that you've read Jurassic Park. I, I have not read The Lost World, but having just read two Michael Crichton books uh, on Friday and they will be delivered tomorrow because we're recording this on a Sunday, I have three more coming my way. Nice. Um, so The Lost World is coming. Um, 
airframe, which is about underwriting and insurance in airplane It industry. is not about <laughs> underwriting. And, okay. It is not about underwriting in the aviation world, but it is a book that has been used in my industry as an example of why we put pilot restrictions and pilot qualifications on. I'm totally and... looking forward to it. It sounds <laughs> so dry and yet so fascinating. And I'm going to come back in this podcast and be like, Megan, did you know? And she's going to be like, yes, I do. But uh, it was uh, one that my, like, my mentor was like, oh, yeah, you should read this. It's like a good discussion as like why we put pilot qualifications and restrictions on. And I was like, I mean, I have enough losses under my belt to understand why we do that. (laughs) And I watch enough of the losses in the world to understand why we do that. But yeah, sure. I'll read a fiction book about it. Why not? Sure. So. I have Lost World, um, Airframe, and the Andromeda Strain, which sounds super cool. I was looking at it, and I think might be about vampires. I don't oh, remember. Wow. I just remember it was also a movie. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I could go down for that, because I've, I've had my horror whistle wetted um, in the last Apparently week or so. Apparently I've read Airframe. <laughs> you read it, Megan? Um... <laughs> she sounds dubious oh i did read it after my okay i did yeah and did you Lord. give it a hey, good rating so you want to know how Goodreads? much it's changed like how much the world has changed i read this in october of 2019 and it took me a minute to realize that i did actually oh. read this book i forgot you read it um, like last year i know but that was like 25 years ago yeah. so that's fair was it was uh, yeah it, it is pretty good it is really good yeah I kept expecting it, like, honestly, and, man, I thought I just read, like, the Wikipedia summary. I didn't, yeah, I read this book. Um, <laughs> kept expecting it to have some kind of supernatural element, because the entire book is, like, why this? Why did this plane crash? Like, and where is the blame? And I really expected, like, dragons or some shit to show up, because the only other oh. Michael Creighton stuff that I've read is Jurassic Park, Lost World, and... Time, uh, timeline um so like that's really what i was expecting and and so i think i took a star off because i was like damn there's no dragon <laughs> i also just realized that i have read uh, a michael Crichton book before i read eaters of the dead which is what um my favorite b movie 13th warrior is based on oh. uh so i went and searched it out and it was good um megan you said you thought maybe you'd read the synopsis yeah, I really uh, thought I had just read the Wikipedia of it, but no, I read the book. Are you sure you weren't mixing it up with um, the last book we did on the podcast? You know what, Ollie? You're so funny. <laughs> you're so funny. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <sighs> Reaper Matt, it was a good show. <laughs> Speaking of reading books for the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Our challenge this week was a book selected by someone we trust or recommended by someone we trust. And because that is vague enough that we can get away with this, Stephanie recommended we read (laughs) (laughs) The First Evil by R.L. Stein, uh, which is a Fear Street book. Now, Ollie, before the podcast started, you were telling us. You have not read an R.L. Stein book before. This was my first R.L. Stein book. I, Goosebumps was probably a thing in Ireland, but not really. For, like when I was growing up, I was into my Nancy Drew 
I was into my Hardy Boys. So that sort of scary stuff just wasn't really on my radar. Um, sure. And then I know that my younger sisters were reading Skullduggery Pleasant as opposed to um, Goosebumps. And Skullduggery Pleasant is basically the same thing, I think, just, you know, collected horror stories kind of stuff. So I don't know anybody who's read R.L. Stein, really. That's interesting. I also wonder if Goosebumps is a little bit younger than you are. Yeah, Goosebumps is always associated with being, like, the younger, more kiddie-friendly sort of version of Fear Street. Because Fear Street just can have straight-up murderers in it. Um... Fear Street was way more harsh than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, Fear Street it, in compare it was like the other half of Christopher Pike's horror yeah. books. Did you guys have those, Ollie? Uh, no. I, well, again, I, I might. It might have been. I just the name doesn't ring a bell to me. But they could have gotcha. been. Like I, I've never been a, a huge horror fan, so. I wouldn't have been searching this stuff out. And then after, like, I made the jump from Hardy Boys and, actually, Hardy Boys, whatever. I made the jump from Nancy uh, straight into pure fantasy. Um, okay. And once I made that leap, 90% of what I was reading was Lord of the Rings level of fantasy books. Mm. like um, High fantasy. I, yeah, high fantasy world building. So I wasn't picking up 190 page what felt like short stories and it took me a long time to get around to, to reading that sort of stuff. Even pulp science fiction, which I love, uh, I skipped and missed out on for like 20 plus years. Mm. And now I, I mean, I would read a pulp science fiction movie or movie uh, book every day if I could, cause they're short and they're almost yeah. always so interesting. <laughs> uh, so, Fear Street started in 1989. Um, it is the more teen version of R.L. Stein's work. Goosebump is definitely for children. Um, and it went on f- until 1999, I believe. Um, R.L. Stein was your jam, right? Yeah, I I don't know if I start. I think I started with this series and like, okay. Somehow, the story of my childhood is I know the sequels of things better than the original, like <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, saw that before I saw the first one. Same thing with The NeverEnding Story 2, <laughs> saw that one and knew that one way. I still don't really remember the first one, but I could tell you more about the second one. Same thing with video games, had like the second, or no, I had like the third of like Sonic, Mortal Kombat, all that before I got the first one. So somehow, I started the series with the second evil. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that uh, Bobby died because it, the second one's told from Quirky's perspective and she talks obviously a lot about that so I don't know how but got the second one loved it went back to the first one and then did a bunch of other went through the whole cheerleader series and then a bunch of other Fear Street um, books loved 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 them loved being scared do you do you remember about how old you were oh gosh I was probably in my guess would be middle, so like sixth, seventh, sixth or seventh grade, probably when I started with them. Maybe fifth. Yep. Maybe. That sounds about about right. Yeah. 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 But I, I did some Fear Street, um, but I was definitely more of a 
uh, Christopher Pike. I have done a couple of Christopher Pike, and I liked the ones, but I just I think because I started with Fear Street, I just kind of like yeah. latched onto it. And I did do some Goosebumps, but when I was in the mood for like not fun, but more less, just this person is straight up murdering people. If I wanted something yeah. a little okay. lighter tone, yeah. I'd go for Goosebumps. Yeah, as as a complete new <laughs> in this uh, in this arena. Um, so Fear Street is obviously a group of stories which are connected to the street that the girls move into yes. at the beginning, right? So this this book we're reading is Fear Street Cheerleaders, which is following Corky and for a little bit Bobby until she dies horribly. Spoiler alert, everybody. Horribly. Yeah. If I'd have read that when I was like, so that came out in 1991 or 92. If I'd have read that when I was 11 or 12, it would have scarred me for life. Yeah. Um, These books scared the I'm shit out of me. I'm 39 now. <laughs> Fairly certain it did scar me for life. Um, but so th- that's just one little subsection. Basically, yeah. yeah and like, then there are other set. There's other books that take where the characters live on or near Fear Street. They all live in Shadyside. And sometimes there'll be the mention of Bobby or the mention of Corky or the mention of this character or this character from this other book is mentioned in this other one. They're not all connected, connected, but the, they're connected in the sense that they take place in Shadyside. The Fear family was cursed and the street is named after them. You really don't want to live on that street or go near it, really. <laughs> um, just, I also love the fact that the town is called Shadyside. Yes. <laughs> and the street they live on is called Fear Street. Yes. yes. It's like... Hmm. Shall we hang a lantern on this? Yes, we shall. <laughs> there was like an actual. So the cheerleaders one is like a series within this, but there was like a main series, if I remember correctly. Um, where there were a bunch of like I I took them as to be not one offs, but there was like the wrong number and then the wrong number two, which. Involves yeah. the same characters. Same thing with the best friend. Best friend too. But then there are other one-offs, and then there was definitely some that he had. Like, I'm sure people were asking for it, him to go into the history of the Fear family. So you do eventually get the story of Sarah Fear and what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. And then there was another one that was like Descendants of the Fear families, where because I used to love you know the swing rides at like amusement parks that just go around in a circle. I loved that. And then I read one of those where I think it was a descendant who was somehow keeping himself looking young. He was like 80 years. I don't know. Something. Where one of those seats (laughs) detached while someone was on the swings. And I was like, I can never ride these again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's scary. Yeah. I definitely feel the urge to like find them all and read them or like see if I can find them all in ebook or through a library or something. And just like, that'd be my summer. That sounds like a good summer read. I like this. I will yeah. do this with you. I have some, like, I ha- I kept some. Like, I have The Best Friend. I have, yeah. I think I have the wrong number. I have a few that are, because I, I ended up buying, um, I was in the mood to reread the Cheerleader series, so I found it probably on Amazon and bought a collection that has the four books. So it's the first three and then A New <laughs> Evil, that one. Um, but I definitely want to go back. And, and then I kept, anytime I saw them somewhere, I'd pick them up. Um, I kept some from when I was a kid. So I would definitely go back and do a reread with you. Because there's definitely some that I didn't read. Yeah, I might check Etsy after this and see, Etsy, not Etsy, eBay after (laughs) this and see how many I can find. Uh, Also, maybe uh, I should wait until after I move so I'm not moving more books. Maybe. I did see some on Amazon, like for your Kindle. Because I was going to get the next one, the one that tells you about Sarah Fear. I was like, oh, because 
was talking to my sister about this and we were talking about the history and I was like, did I make this up that this is how Sarah feels? Like, that's what happened. And I looked, I looked online and found that I wasn't making it up. And I was like, I got to read this book again, but I got to get it. Um, I did a, a reread like that once, uh, I think it was a two summers ago because I was sitting around in a house and I was like, what will I do? And I went and I, when I was a kid, I used to read a, an author called David Eddings um, fantasy it's, it's high fantasy technically, but it's it's for kids. And I got all of his books, like so 16 books or whatever, sat down and read them. And I don't think I've been as happy and gleefully read as series. I mean, they're shocking. In comparison to real good fantasy, they're, they're bad. But for putting a smile on your face... Always good. They are cracking little novels. Yeah. Um, I have a question about Christopher Pike since you've mentioned him a couple of times. Sure. Who is Christopher Pike? Um... So Christopher Pike is a pen name. Um, I cannot remember the author's real name, but it is a similar um, started in the 80s, went through the 90s, um, where it's like these preteen horror books, kind of like Fear Street. Um, And it was like, I I feel like most people are one or the other. Like I definitely did Goosebumps. I didn't do a lot of Fear Street. And I think in part that was because in my mind, they were so intertwined goosebumps and fear street that i was like clearly christopher pike is more mature um not necessarily the case but it was just like another guy who was writing these like pre-teen horror books like chain letter um where they were sent a chain letter and if you didn't do it like bad things happened and then there was the second book where it was like if you didn't do it you died oh. um and then there was like uh i remember fall into darkness which was like, yeah a friend who fell off of a cliff basically she jumped to frame her best friend as yeah. killing her it was a whole thing and then they've actually made that one into a movie <laughs> like i remember that one then there was like the remember me trilogy maybe it was four books where it was like this girl got killed at the beginning and she's a ghost trying to solve like who killed her and maybe then possesses a body i don't remember it, it like it's been years, but there was one called Monster where I remember starting this book and it was like a typical high school football team one. And then I think they went to like a lake house or something and the football players started, there was cannibalism or something. That book is buried in my uh, hometown. Like, like uh, that book was too much. Oh, God. And I, that's the only one of his that I was like, nope, this is uh, too scary for me. And the funny story is um, my sister, Jill, who looks just like me as own, but except for that she's uh, 11, 12 years younger than me, um, reached out recently asking me about some book I read or something and mentioned Monster and how much it freaked her out. And I just had to laugh. Because I was like, yeah, nope, that is a scary ass. And I know it's one of those books that, like, if I picked it up now, I'd be fine. But, um, yeah, that, like, we're talking fifth grade because it was definitely while I still lived in Arkansas. And I was like, nope, mm-mm, no, they are eating people. That is too much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, just the reason I brought Christopher Pike up is because I messaged my sister there. Uh, uh, and I, I read out verbatim what she's replied to me. Okay. Um, I said, uh, you guys weren't into Goosebumps. Um, was it Skullduggery that you guys used to read? And she went, 
No, dumbass. Skullduggery didn't come out until the mid-2000s. We were Christopher Pike, and you weren't allowed to read them. <laughs> Fuck yes. Wow. Thank you, oh. Annie. I love you too. <laughs> there was, like, one where the, they were driving death and, like, had to keep death talking, knowing that if once the car ride was done, uh, they would likely die. There was... Uh, he had a few collections of short stories, and one of them was, like, about this author who got kidnapped um, by, like, a rabid fan who wanted him to write or help them get published or something. Uh, like, it was all, but it was all, like, he also had a vampire series, which I actually also didn't read because vampires freaked the shit out of me until Twilight. Um, Wait, Twilight stop you from being freaked out by vampires? Yes. We read yes. different books, Megan. Um, <laughs> anyways, so... <laughs> oh, she still loves them. Look at her. <laughs> no, I, I, I will explain in a little bit. Uh, a little bit more about Twilight. Um, so... I still have not read <laughs> or seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um, so this one very much fit into like what I remember reading. Um and made me really nostalgic for my like middle grade years mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, the writing is a little bit like it made me laugh. It's a little disjointed and I'm like, there could be so many more details, but it, it fits exactly into like what I would have read. Right. And there's definitely some things where yeah. I'm like, that doesn't, that feels like it doesn't make sense or yeah. also just like, he really likes to end these chapters could be two pages, could be five pages, but he really likes to end it on a, and then they turn the corner and gasp in surprise. And at the end of the chapter. Yes. Like, he loves to end it on this little cliffhanger type of thing. Um, which, a lot of times, it's a fake out because the chapter starts and it's like, okay, their little brother was playing a trick on them. Or they were playing a trick on their brother. And it was, you know, nothing. Yeah. So, well, every chapter ends with somebody screaming, yes. basically. Yep. Or a silent <laughs> O. Like, mouth in a silent O. <laughs> so, not screaming. Um, Dan Brown owes an awful lot to R.L. Stein because that's how he finishes every <laughs> chapter of every book he ever writes. It's like, oh man, that was six pages and the next chapter is only six pages. I have to keep going. And like, that's what this was to me. Um, one thing I want to say about this for, for people who, who haven't come across the book or never read the book before, it features very little cheerleading. I mean, I was assuming <laughs> I was going to get, you know, like an in-depth look at it, like bring it on. Um, but... <laughs> But this just felt, it just felt lacking in the, in the cheerleading department. Um, I also assumed that you two were cheerleaders when you were in high school, so would have been able to like shed some light on this. Um, now, actually, Stephanie, you probably had cheerleaders at the Scrabble tournaments. But um, <laughs> I like how you work that. Yep, they so you, slide it in somehow. You couldn't be, you couldn't be double dutying. What was it? Does it ring true when you read it? Like, that's the way they would act together. I um, was not a cheerleader, and our cheerleaders didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> there was no, there were no <laughs> tricks. There was no, like, jumping up or jumping off a pyramid into each other's arms. At most, you might have one put up onto someone's shoulders and then very carefully taken down. I don't remember how you get down. Um, but they, like, didn't do, like, the crazy flips and like the stuff that you see and bring it on or the stuff described here with like the high, like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I remember from the cheerleaders in high school. <laughs> what, 
what about them being bitchy to each other? Because that seems to come up a lot in the book. Um, I don't know. Like, I, okay, I was a kid who kind of got along with almost everyone. So I can see that. didn't really try to get into too much drama. And I, but I also don't remember them really being, they could be bitchy, but not, I didn't see them being bitchy to each other, maybe to others. Hmm. But there were no inter like the Corcoran sisters are interlopers, like they're coming in and stealing spots from people and shit. So that they're not. Weird. Yeah, that's the part that didn't quite make sense to me. It was like you made the squad last summer, so you had eighth grader. You had an eighth graders audition because Ronnie's a freshman this year, so she auditioned in right. eighth grade. I that doesn't make sense. I mean, so was not a cheerleader, but every single one of my sisters has been a cheerleader, um, and. In, in different levels I, I do have some sisters that have done some competitive cheerleading and done things like that I mean are you laughing at me or are you laughing at your sister I'm laughing at my sister who just said uh, are you on a podcast and I said yeah I'm recording now talking about, talking about goosebumps and she said make sure you tell them that you didn't read Christopher Pike but you loved Sweet Valley Twins <laughs> okay Okay. Yes, there is but one. There was this. There's one episode <laughs> about that. of Sweet, or not one episode, one book, one Sweet Valley High book with like a cursed fucking necklace where someone almost died, and I need to that? find this book again to read it again. There's also the three of this, like it was ninety eight, ninety nine, and one hundred of. Uh, I don't know if it was the twins or which Sweet Valley it was, but it's like their house sitting. I feel like you and I've had this conversation. Um, and if you fall asleep in the house, there's like this ghost or demon or something that was like infiltrating their dreams. And no joke, it took like three books before they finally like burned the house down. <laughs> so there was still some scary shit going on in Sweet Valley. I'm going to find that book really All quick. Right. Um, I need to do a Sweet Valley High reread because I know I read some others, but the one that stuck with me was this cursed necklace because I swear one of the twins almost jumped herself off a cliff like or something. I had to push someone off at something. It was a ruby necklace. Okay. It was... Sweet Valley Twins, number 98. <laughs> oh, God, they're going to make me go through all of them. Guys, I don't remember ever reading a Sweet Valley Twins. I don't know what she's talking about. You probably apparently, apparently, I absolutely loved them as a young fella. But she's Jessica talking like I was reading and... them when I was eight or nine. She's like, you, you loved them. I, like, I think we need oh, to have your sister on to get the true story here. Yes. <laughs> so oh, it was no. Sweet Valley Twins, 98, 99, and 100. The beast is watching you. The beast must die if I die before I wake. Holy shit. <laughs> and then number 101 is twins in love. <laughs> Just okay. Oh, oh no. No, so... it started with 97. So it was four books. Uh-huh. Uh, too scared to sleep. The beast is watching you. The beast must die if I die before I wake. And no joke. These scared. I don't remember how old I was when I read these. Um, they came out in 96. So there was a good chance I was reading them around between the ages of 8 to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wakefield twins and their friends from Sweet Valley Middle School love babysitting until little Juliana starts having horrible nightmares. One night she wakes up crying, saying a monster attacked her. The twins tell her that a bad dreams aren't real, but Elizabeth is secretly afraid. If the monster isn't real, why does Juliana have deep scratches on her back? Oh, my Oh my god. So and then, well, that's what's Juliana not telling yeah. us. <laughs> on the hill of on the outskirts of Sweet Valley sits a beautiful old Victorian house. It stood empty until a few weeks ago when a big family moved in, the perfect clients for Elizabeth and Jake, Jessica Wakefield. 
okay, yeah, we know they're identical well, twins. Well, one thing we need to talk about, Elizabeth and Jessica Wakefield as well, is stop stepping on the babysitter club's <laughs> toes as well. But there are weird babysitters now. You, know, you, you girls were never babysitters. What are you talking about? You can't just but, suddenly become babysitters. <laughs> but little by little, their dream job is turning into a nightmare. Andrew wakes. Andrew dreams that someone is trying to set fire to his room and wakes up in a cloud of smoke. Then Gretchen dreams what? she's falling and wakes up at the bottom of the mansion's dark, winding staircase. The babysitters are getting scared, too scared to close their eyes in the mansion. Wow. I found mine. Yeah. You did? Yeah, okay, it, which one was it? First of all, it's called The Curse of the Ruby Necklace. Very straightforward. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, they're very excited. They're thrilled when they land small parts in a movie being filmed in Sweet Valley. The film is based on the true story of the mysterious death of 12-year-old Lillian Keller, and it's being filmed at the creepy old Keller mansion. One stormy afternoon, Jessica finds an old necklace on the beach near the mansion. She puts it on, and that very night, she's a terrible nightmare about a girl falling to her death. (laughs) I bet you it's the same mansion. Oh, it might be. Like, I need to reread. I think I need to try to do a reread of things I read as a kid. (laughs) Yes. This is. Like, I remember this this book series fucked me up. When the fire in Andrew's dreams turned to real flames, the twins took action. They killed the evil creature, half girl, half monster, in the kid's nightmare before she killed them. Now the beast is dead. The kids will have sweet dreams again. Or so they think. But the creature has left the kid's nightmares to terrorize them in real life. Waking nightmares are the scariest of them all. I'm wondering if I read any other Sweet Valley High books. I did have the Sweet Valley High board game. And I, I'd have to see their friends' names to be like which friend I always played as because it wasn't one of the twins. <laughs> they are I, such trash. Is, it's so good. I, I am blown away that these are the <sighs> plots to Sweet Valley High books because I have no solid memories of them. But I mean, if I do remember anything, they were just going to school and yes. doing regular school yes. stuff in the books that I didn't read and my sister's making up about <laughs> yeah generally speaking yes they would do things like argue about boys yes elizabeth was the smart one jessica was the flirty one etc 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 but it's like i think this speaks yeah. volume to why stephanie and i became friends because instantly we went hey i know that and let me tell you the scariest one from that right. series and i can't tell you any of the other ones like i'm looking i'm like none <laughs> no. of this sounds familiar but i i think i did Read some of the other ones the, where it was like about boys or their interpersonal relationships between them and their the friends. The only other one I remember reading was because I was in fourth grade and it was the high school one. And Jessica was making out with a boy in the lake and he tried to he untied Take her. Top her off. He untied her bikini and I remember, I remember like, that. What is this? I mean, and I, I was just like, and I kept rereading that and being like, I am both like horrified as a fourth grader, but also like don't understand the emotions I'm feeling because <laughs> I'm a fourth grader, and like that was just such a scandalous and like, oh, oh my god. god, he's trying to take off her bikini top. Anyways, that's the only other thing I remember. Now I want to reread all Sweet Valley High, starting with the cursed necklace. I don't care that it's out of order. <laughs> I don't I, either. Get, you should get on the Babysitter's Club instead. Oh, I used to read those. So many Babysitter's oh, yeah. Club They were a way better, way better group. The, the Wickfields were... But they, they were didn't okay, fight though. monster demons. Right, they, or they evil had spirits. some like, mystery ones, like the one where the, someone almost burned down the library. Like, I remember those too. I don't remember that. But <laughs> you remember all of this stuff. 
I just listen. Okay, this is a very fucked up brain that was very much colored by a lot of things. Very dark or very early in life. I'm sorry. But just remember yeah, that one of the babysitters Claudia. was diabetic. Stacy. Stacy. Stacy, because my stepmom's diabetic, so I always remember that. Claudia was the cool one. Don was the blonde Claudia's from California. Yeah. Marianne was the mousy one who had the boyfriend Logan. Yes. Christy was the tomboy. Yes. There's one more. At least. There so we said Christy, Claudia, Stacy, Don, Jessie. Marianne, Jesse, and Mallory. Oh shit, Mallory. Um then there was Shannon and Logan who kind of showed up every now and then. I feel like there was another one though. But I don't think there was. Which one was Mallory? Curly haired? Yeah, redhead. Yeah. She was not cool. They were associate members or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when the main girls couldn't do it, like they they subcontract out to Mallory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. Making our business. Yeah. Uh, so Fear Streets. Um, so I did not look to see what this was a book uh, was about prior to reading it. I I mean that that is par for the course for me. Um, did you Ollie? Like no. you, you said you went in expecting more cheerleading. I genuinely, it's Fear Street cheerleaders, and it's written by Oral Stein. So I know Oral Stein, right? Wrote Goosebumps mostly because the movie came out a couple of years ago, yes. uh, because I said it's just something that completely passed me by. I know there was a TV show at some stage, but mm-hmm. I never saw it. And um, so what I was thinking in my head was, it's cheerleaders. It's going to be about a cheerleading squad. I genuinely completely blanked on the word fear. <laughs> And I thought it was going to be like a little sub-series. And I thought that you had said it or suggested it as a joke. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you, if we're going to read this little teen series and everybody be sitting there and it'll be funny. And it'll be like, ha, 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 isn't it funny that you read a book about teenage girls, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. And then it starts. Wait, did you get, with them. Did you get a physical, do you, both of you, do you have a physical copy or did you get the ebook? I, got I have a I have a physical okay. copy, and not only do I have a physical copy, I was reading it in my friend John's house, and his daughter was so excited about it that I gave, as soon as I finished it, I gave it to her. Yes. So she's currently reading yes. it. Man, Laura Lane is reading that book, and apparently she loves it. Yes, good. <laughs> I tried to tell John it was scary. Yeah. So when she starts having nightmares around about chapter fourteen, yeah. not I saying know. I did. How old is she? She's Laura is nine. Okay, is Laura nine? I see. It's perfect age yeah. for it. We like, yeah, yeah. She should start reading some Christopher Pike as well, and um, these Sweet Valley yeah. books that yeah. we Ruby remember. Necklace, and yeah. it's because I'm actually now wondering if I was younger than I thought I was because I remember go my I associate Fear Street with going to Barnes and Noble with my dad and stepmom and picking out a book to read while we drank like cappuccino and ate like the snacks from the barnes and noble like cafe <laughs> and i feel like that they got married when i was 11 so it could i think it was i was probably actually 10 or 11 at least when i started reading these but so when you got your copy and looked at the cover of this what were your predictions yep, i then? went <laughs> well see when i looked at the copy of it i went is this about cheerleaders killing people yes because <laughs> They look scary. Well, only one um, of them looks scary. The the one the main the one in the middle the main one. Which I'm assuming is is uh, Jennifer. Yeah, with the evil um, looking eyes and the pom pom with the evil looking eyes and stuff. 
So I started reading it and I'm going, all right, so this is interesting. Oh, new people moving to a new town. They seem like fun. They're like, oh, these are going to be, these are going to be our two girls. Little did I know that's not true. <laughs> no, they were. These are going to be our girls. They were. Yeah. Well, it, it really, Bobby is the girl. Yeah. Um, then. Because, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and yeah. then I, I, I can't get over how disturbing that scene is. But yeah. it starts with them coming to the yeah. new town. They are experienced cheerleaders, you know, from out of state. They ramp up and they're like, we want to join the cheerleading team. And then somebody has to get kicked off the cheerleading team to get into it, which I didn't understand. I know. Well, that I didn't like, understand. Like, there's a maximum number. Money, like, budget for, like, uniforms and, and I guess sure. that's the only thing. I don't know. <laughs> so, she's made an alternate, but at the same time, she's made an alternate, she still needs a uniform, so... Yeah, <laughs> it's like... It's a lot I, of... Yeah, like... You yeah. you mentioned earlier, like, doing auditions in eighth grade, and, like, that, that actually actually jives but she would have been on like a junior squad mm. she wouldn't been on this be, one yeah Bobby's like a senior, I, I remember right? like she's 17 doing yeah i remember doing color guard auditions at an eighth grade oh, wow. so are you um, doing what auditions color guard the, the stuff people... that you put into your washing machine to stop it no. yelling? um <laughs> so you know what marching band is right yeah nerds wow Fuck you. Um, the people who twirl flags. I, I'm very yeah. uncomfortable with how you're making me feel, Ollie. <laughs> Are you being serious? No, I don't know what color guard is, okay. but I know what a marching band is. And so. marching band, the people who are twirling flags and sabers and stuff. You got sabers? No, I didn't make color guard. I was in marching band. But you would have... Oh, you were in a marching band. Yes. I I tried out for Color Guard. I was one of two people who actually didn't make it. And thank fucking God, because I would have been absolutely miserable. Okay. No offense to anybody on my Color Guard team. They were great people. They were just very different personalities for me. Stephanie. Yes. Do you know what Megan played in the marching band? Uh, yes or no? I don't. I feel like I do, okay. but I can't find the memory. I feel like we've talked about this. Let's let's take a guess. I think Megan. There's one that if you say it, it is such an insult and I will no longer be your Well, friend. now I'm scared. What's the insult? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Megan played the flute. That's your guess? That is the one that is an insult wow. and I'm no longer your Why friend. Why is that an Okay. My guess was... Just, just for the record, I know that's an insult drum to call somebody a flautist. You were a sousaphone player. No, I was not a sousaphone player. Clarinet? French horn. I was a clarinet player, Okay, yeah. so we did talk about this. There was some vague thing, yeah. like, say this. Yes. <laughs> clarinet. Why are you laughing at that? I was also a fucking drum major. What's a drum major? Anyways, let's get back to the cheerleading. <laughs> I'm just going like, to keep feeling more and more nerdy. The, like when you were in college, you did drums as your... No, it drum. is the... Okay. Marching bands. Yeah. On the field, don't have an instructor. It's it's all high school students on the field in competition. You were queen nerd. I can also do a fucking backflip. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want from me here. <laughs> 
That sounds so cool, though. I also took tumbling for cheerleading and decided that I had absolutely no interest in being a cheerleader or can, or the frame to be in gymnastics, but I just wanted to get my backhand spring down. So I did, and then I quit. Okay. I have yes. never been able to do a backhand spring or no. anything I used to do like cartwheels at all. I also, yep, I can probably still do a cartwheel. Um, I also played soccer for many years. So, you know, yes, I'm a nerd, but also I could probably, actually, I don't know if I could kick your ass, but I'm going to say I could kick your ass. (laughs) Megan, first of all, every time, just for for listeners, because I don't talk about this very often, right? Um, I can't call anybody a nerd. I have a doctorate in (laughs) physics. I mean, I can't go around saying other people are nerds. I was on chess teams in school. (laughs) Every time I say it, there is a touch of irony involved in it. Yes, I did play. A it's lot the of way you look at me, like I like am being judged in my core. Well, I'm not judging you, Megan. If anything, I'm like, and now I know you were the queen of the nerds. It's so much better, <laughs> guys. This is like the second time in a row I've been really mean to Megan. When I yep, because that's just the theme every time Ollie comes back on now. <laughs> I guess. Like, I get it. I guess, like, usually I'm the person that's giving it out. I gotta take it at some point, but god damn. Um, the girl who gets killed at the start of <laughs> this book. Jennifer. That was confusing Jennifer. as shit. Huh? How, what happens? Like, I read it twice and still I'm like, did she get hit by the car? I mean, she... So she flew out yep. of the bus. Right. Which... I don't think a bus door can actually open while it's in motion. Well, this one can. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this is even what I'm getting at. Is what what causes the bus? Like, because it was they're driving along. I know they're messing around and they're 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 it's hijinks, as they say. But then suddenly, the the bus swerves and she's yeah. thrown out. Yeah, because there's an open basically, door. Basically, yeah, it's raining. Yeah. The driver can't see, so he opens the door to try to be able to see, and then the bus starts to skid. Yes, you do. And then Jennifer, who's standing up, goes flying out the door. And then the bus runs over her. I guess. I don't, yeah. it's, never, it's not clear that they hit her like while it was skidding. Or she just died yeah, from the impact of being thrown out of a bus onto a grave in a, a cemetery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that was the other thing. I was like, okay, wait. So it starts to skid, which I would imagine it's on the road skidding. And then it goes, I yeah, guess it that's... follows the same sort of path perpendicular to Jennifer, I guess, as it skids, because it, it lands in the cemetery and she lands in the cemetery, like on the grave. Yeah. Things yeah. you can't think too hard out. about. <laughs> this. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody thinks that she's been killed. Right. But then she gets up. She opens she's... her eyes. She doesn't get up. She just opens her eyes. Yeah, sorry. I meant as in she's, she's yeah. awake or still clearly alive, but she's been injured badly and cannot move for the rest of the book or can she exactly. <laughs> yeah I, I highlighted the passage um when she opened her eyes jennifer's gurney was being gently slid into the ambulance and i was just like did we not just have like this very long discussion of she's fucking dead have we entered alternate timelines what the fuck is going on <laughs> um it, and then it's like luckily nobody was killed and i just remember being like okay this could have used a little bit of editing because like what I Maybe don't make, get like I. It, it's just that she opens her eyes. It doesn't like. Yeah. There's or, I think wait, 
because it was like the EMTs work on her and she's clearly dead. And then Bobby yeah, is they like, call oh her no, dead. and looking down on her. And then she opens her eyes. Yes. So, wait a minute. She blinks. Megan, what did you think the book was about before you started reading? Um, Some kind of like witches occult, oh, okay. like they were going to curse or like, like Cult of doing some kind of like, yeah, like it's cheerleaders, but witches. also they're all <laughs> witches and they're going to kill people. Yeah, that's where I went There's with an this. idea. Trid- like trademark, that. trademark, yep. trademark. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there are plenty of like <laughs> cheerleaders are witches books. Um, but yeah, no, and and I don't know, like, okay, so Ollie, did you realize the twist? The twist that Jennifer was evil. Yes. No. Okay. Um, I did not. Right. So as I was watching it, uh, watching it, as I was reading it, um, I'm going along, and the 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 freaky stuff starts happening, and uh. I couldn't make a connection. Like, I knew it had to have been linked to the thing at the start, right? Right. But there's no reason for Jennifer to have it in for any of the people that she has it in for. So so Chip is the, the boyfriend, uh, or he asked Bobby out, and he freezes up on the football pitch, uh, the American football pitch. What do you got? Football field. Fields, right? Football field, yeah. So, yeah, on the football field uh, at an important time. Then Bobby freezes up when she's meant to be catching another girl from like a super cool flip and the way it's described in the book it's like the coolest of cool flips because it's like a double round out somersault yeah, jumping off like, a pyramid <gasps> yeah yeah it's so cool sounding but bobby freezes and can't move and i'm sitting there going okay so why why are these things happening why why is anybody focusing on bobby and i thought that it that in my head i was going on is it kimmy yeah, uh, the other girl who Chip used to go out with, and she seems to be a bit bitchy and, you know, sarky towards him. So I thought maybe we were going to find out that she had, you know, t- put a curse on them or something. We were going to find out that, like, she was evil. But the fact that it was Jennifer just came out of nowhere to me, other than the fact that she's the girl involved in the accident mm-hmm. at the beginning. I always looked at it like she was basically trying to not kind of basically to frame Kimmy or to set Kimmy up to take the fall if someone caught on because it makes sense yeah. to think that it's Kimmy since Kimmy is the most outspoken at the beginning about not wanting the twins to try out in the first place and then she blames Bobby and Corky for the accident because they forgot the fire batons at their house so that's why they were on Fear Street to begin with I know exactly fire batons in high school I- fire batons for yes. high school cheerleading like what the and fuck? you brought them home to practice Sorry. okay <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you have fire batons, you're gonna want to practice. Sure, but you yeah. don't. You could practice with regular batons. Right. I've never, I've never <laughs> had the baton. I, I mean, like Miss Congeniality teaches me that. Yes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus, um, after Jennifer's accident, so Jennifer was the captain of the squad, and after the accident, she's paralyzed. You would think that it would be Kimmy who is named and she thinks it's going to be her. And then Bobby is named the new captain, which that is, That's, that is yeah, bullshit. That is straight up bullshit. Right, Cause I remember in tennis, yeah. like I didn't play freshman year. I played sophomore, junior and senior year. And I was a better tennis player than this one girl on my, the girl I basically played doubles with sometimes. Um, but it was given like the two co-captains. It was Anna and Maria. It was, I was not better than Anna and it was badass. Um, but I was, but I was arguably better than Maria. And I remember my coach telling me, oh, it's because she played all four years. And I was like, that's fine. Like seniority. She's been with the team longer. Fine. That's sure. 
all they did was really leave practice. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was fine. Um, yeah, the same thing would happen with us in school as well. Like, so I played soccer for my entire time in secondary school and my entire time through college. And I wasn't captain until final mm-hmm. year for either of those two teams. Right. And even when I was captain in college, there was two lads in first year who were 10 times footballers. I mm. was like, but I had the seniority, mm-hmm. so I get to keep it. And it feels, it feels a little bit wrong, but also at the same time, they've got experience, right. they know the coaches. So but I guess maybe... Also, I love the fact that you changed it to arguably better. Yeah. <laughs> um. Arguably better. Oh, <laughs> so I guess you could, because Bobby was a senior, Kimmy's not a senior in this book, so yeah. I guess. Yeah, I think that was their argument. She's the new one? I don't know. It just seems like Miss Green, the, the coach, like, yeah. you're just trying to stir the pot and cause some drama amongst your girls because you know, you know Kimmy's <laughs> yeah. going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, their actual yeah. cheerleading coach is kind of trash. Well, like. Going back to Bring It On, which has no cheerleading coaches, like the entire fucking six movies and it's like you got no adults like monitoring I literally this shit. never like, thought about on? that <laughs> <laughs> we you recently an adult when you've got kirsten dunst like clearly a cheerleader in the first movie i i don't think i've I've seen not seen sequels. the others either <laughs> uh my friend's birthday was uh labor day or memorial day weekend i don't remember if it's the weekend before or not anyways uh, for her birthday, because we couldn't go and actually celebrate or anything, we watched all six Bring It On movies. And nice. I got to tell you, um, Bring It On 2 is trash. <laughs> Bring It On 3 is... Oh, is that the one with Be- um, Beyonce's sister? Solange? No. I forgot uh, she yeah, was in it's one of those. Not... I, okay, hang on. I got... One is Kirsten Dunst, two is trash. I think three is the one with um solange four has the two blondes from abc family shows five is christina million and six is one with fucking hackers anonymous shows up at number six wait hold on a second christina million mm-hmm. yes yes i yes. forgot she was in one of these two yes i might have Gab- three gabrielle unions in the first one yes yes <laughs> And they've been stealing their cheers from her. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And again, no news. cheerleading coach. So yeah, like have this book had a cheerleading coach. This cheerleading coach is trash. Like, it makes no sense. Like none of the decisions she makes. But that also is probably the fact that like a forty-five-year-old man wrote this and had yeah. probably I don't know if Arlstein has kids or anything and probably was like I don't know anything about cheerleading or how the program works. So okay. Yeah, that'd be my guess. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm still shocked. It wasn't until um, Bring It On came out that I realized cheerleading was a sport. It um, is, and they yes. compete against each other. I thought it was literally just, all right, okay, let's go. <laughs> that <laughs> didn't rhyme. <laughs> Usually they yeah, rhyme. That's I'm not a cheerleader. I'm. I mean, if I was, I'd be able to rhyme that. I don't I actually was a decent base. I just had no interest in being a cheerleader. But I had, I'm not kidding. Every single one of my sisters has cheered on some kind of cheerleading squad. I am the only one who didn't. And, but I had, I helped like with them in practicing and stuff. Because my sister, my older sister is a flipping, like she maybe is, I think she's probably still 90 pounds. So like she had to practice flying. So Guess who got to practice being a base and catching? 
right. <laughs> so yeah. How does somebody weigh ninety pounds? What the heck? Oh, she's like five foot flat. Like she's uh, she um is basically built for gymnastics. Like she. I'm fairly yeah. certain I've had meals that are bigger than ninety pounds. Yeah. It's a good day. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Kimmy because there's some t- like when we because Kimmy. Kimmy is not, like, she's not blonde and petite. She's a little bit curvy. She's got darker hair, which I'm like, again, my arguments about darker, I don't know if it was curly or crimped hair. Might have been crimped. Uh, It was curly hair, but all of that, all of that fits in with the, yeah. But she definitely, like, she's angry because, like, like, oh, you just picked Bobby for, for a cheerleading captain because she's blonde and skinny and I'm not, basically. So there's a little bit of that in this, too. Um... Yeah, I really feel like the coach should have had a sit down because <laughs> she knows she's there. Like Kimmy, she she knows that Kimmy doesn't even want the girls, the twins, to try out. And then you're going to name one right. of these twins as captain over her. You're just causing some drama, Miss yeah. Green. The um, the the coach is very much like uh, Mr. Schuster from Glee, <laughs> in so much as uh, they're terrible at what they do, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And shouldn't be in charge of children in any way, shape, or form. You're not wrong. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Listen, that first episode, he walks into the fucking showers on one of the senior boys. This is a and he's just like, sing for me. Sing for me. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Schuster, I will sing for you. And then report you to the police. Yes, so not just the principal. Yeah. The police. The police. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I recently tried to rewatch that because I watched a few mm-hmm. seasons of Glee and really enjoyed it. It is not an easy thing to rewatch. It's not. I didn't do it's... a rewatch. I did like certain episodes that I wanted to see and I kind of did them out of order. Like I wanted to see the Britney Spears episode. I wanted to do the Madonna episode, episode. the Rocky Horror. And then yeah. I was just like, God, even Mr. Shoe's interactions with, um, oh God, what's her name? His love interest. Um, Oh, a little bit. Yeah, her. her. Yeah. Like, he is such a fucking dick. Like, God. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't understand how anybody can ever get past. I think it's the second episode. It might be the third episode where Mr. Schuster and the other teachers sing Gold Digger. Oh, yeah. And, I, I skipped that in my little bounce around. I, I saw that. Because uh, it's the first time I've ever seen it, and I was sitting. It was it was added to my Netflix. I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll give this Glee a chance." This first episode's a little bit weird, and then I sat down to watch the second episode or the third episode, whichever one it happens to be. And I'm fairly certain that all shame I've ever felt was erased, <laughs> um, and I was cleansed because You've because never done that this? scene, that scene. <laughs> just means that everything i've ever been embarrassed about in the history of my life is just gone now it's just like ollie no matter what you did that time you ripped your pants doesn't compare right. to those men singing that song yeah did you keep going with oh, wait, no. or did you stop there uh, i got <laughs> i got up to the point where mr schuster's wife is trying to convince the cheerleader whose name I'm going to say is Paige. No. Uh, um, You're talking about the pregnant one. Quinn. The pregnant one, yeah. Trying to Quinn. 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 Paige. Oh, sorry. Paige Quinn is a student in my school. Oh, shit. Hey, Paige, <laughs> if you happen to be listening to this. 
Um, I have a friend who has triplets, and I think one's name is Paige and one's name is Quinn. Holy God, triplets. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, the Schuster's wife is convincing him she's pregnant while planning to steal that baby. I can't right. go any further. That's like season I one. Forgot. That's like nine episodes in or something. I like. forgot about yeah. some of these little backstories. I also forgot how much, spoiler alert, Finn and uh, Rachel break up and get back together. It seems like it happens like oh every God. five fucking seconds. And I hear she was Michelle a... Lee is like oh a bit God. of a wagon. I mean, not surprised because mm. like her whole vibe has always been I'm an extreme diva. But mm. man, for all that tea to start spilling, that was yep. a lot of fun. But anyway, Bobby is our main yes, character Bobby in, yes. in the book. And we're following her. And I, I kind of like her. She seems, you know, she's got her head together and she doesn't come across like witchy. And she's nice to Corky. And right. I thought might, there might be like some sort of like sister rivalry mm-hmm. kind of thing. But they, she seems I to know. be really like leading her along and, and talking the true stuff. And uh, then she gets murdered. Yeah. I did like, yeah. I did like, rereading, I did like that the sisters got along. There was no rivalry. They worked. They just yeah. like when they talk when they talk about the the tryouts for the squad. It's t- the, the story up until she dies is told from Bobby's perspective, and so she's like, "This is just one of those days where they like really clicked." Um, so they, I, yeah. I really like that there wasn't that sibling rivalry between the two of them. Does the brother play a role in future books? I mean, he's in them because like the. Like I'm not gonna go beyond the second one because I know you, Ollie. You said you're getting the second one to read. I'm not, I, okay. I I already have the second like, one. I'm I guess like ready to go. Yes or no? Does he play a bigger role? Because he just seemed like so not real. I mean, he's in them, but he's not like a huge like pivotal role. He's just he's like in in them. When okay, he's in them basically like mentioned at least, um, but yeah. not like a. I really like those sibling relationships because I feel like if my brother and I were closer in age, totally see doing that kind of shit to him. Where it's like, how can I get my brother to start his day by screaming? <laughs> Evil sister. It's like one of my favorite things to do uh, when I go home is like pretend that I don't know how video games work. Um, which I don't know why my brother's never put it together. Like, who the fuck does he see think taught him how to play video games? But I I'm mean. just I'm like, what's that? What's that? What does this button do? What what is what happens when you do this? What what's going on? <laughs> just to see how long, because he's always on his Xbox and he's and like how many times he has to like tell his friends, no, that's my sister asking questions again. <laughs> <laughs> asking questions again. Also. Let's all reiterate the fuck J.K. Rowling. Yes, like, um, fuck her. Yeah, Ken, I guess, like, let's drop that here. Um, we won't be doing anything J.K. No. Rowling related ever again. No, like, like oh. not even close. Good fucking God. Like, way she to just... really just double down. Like, I can't even believe her. It's so, yeah, like, but it's just her opinion. She's just speaking trink. Sorry, I've been on the internet a lot in the last two weeks. Like, I don't understand how someone that rich doesn't have someone running her social media. Also, like, this is what you okay. need to do with your time. Okay, fine. You're trying yeah. to stay relevant. I like guess. A, all, but all the months to do it. Right. Like, did you yeah. just store yeah, this that's up the and thing. wait it's... for Pride Month? It's just such asshole mm-hmm. behavior. You know, and... I haven't checked to see how R.L. Stein is reacting, but I do have a really good Oops. friend. Yes, Liz Young. Um, sorry, I, I also the, have a friend, the Liz only Babish. I've ever I was seen thinking Babish, but I was like, oh, I don't know if that's the yeah. 
No, Liz no, she Young. She goes by Elizabeth. She does on Facebook, but it hurt. I call her Liz. Um, so Liz Young is a huge R.L. Stein fan. Like I ended up getting a Goosebumps bag at BookCon one year and ended up giving nice. it to Liz because I have enough bags. Um, and actually, I think they got to go to um, Book Expo and actually meet R.L. Stein maybe this huh. last year. But um, they bought a Goosebumps mask. So as far as I know, R.L. Stein is still okay. Oh. Despite being like a seventy-five-year-old white man, Christ, like, but you never know. Yeah, I don't need any more of my like. Like, thankfully, Christopher Pike is a fucking shut-in, <laughs> and like, as far as I know, doesn't have social media, um, and that is perfectly fine. You keep doing yeah. your uh, J.D. Salinger life, um, but Stephen King also has disappointed me this year, so it's been yeah. a lot. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That happened pre-COVID. Like, I'm just, all of them are exhausting. The only thing we all need to remember the fact is that K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant fucking rock have been (laughs) posting shit this entire time. Also have a transgender daughter and, like, don't retcon shit. So, like, yeah. Now I'm looking up R.L. Stein. I. Yeah. I just am thinking about J.K. Rowling (laughs) all of her I know. Just say uh, she. Why is she even? Like everything that's... as Megan said, just keep your mouth right. shut. Or like, everything that's don't going on in the world, and you decide to do this. Okay. But it's the fact that it's it's repeated. Yeah. It's over and over again. Like it's it was was it three or four years since the first of these revelations came out that she's anti-trans, and you're thinking, okay, maybe somebody brought it up and asked her a question, and. She thought she was giving a nuanced answer, which wasn't nuanced because she can't see beyond the end of her own nose. But the fact that it's been happening yeah. over and over and over again, it's now feels like it's become a crusade for her yeah. because she brings it up. Yeah. Like she's introducing the topic. She was so offended by some article like, about that. It was titled something, something for people who menstruate. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you see yeah. the article that came out though? That was like an interview with her ex abuse, her abusive ex husband. No, no. Oh, we're oh oh. It was on Twitter, and I was like, mm, I'm done for the day. Because oh. um, like basically, her response was like, I'm not sorry. I don't remember, but basically, like they took whatever her response was to the dra- transgender community. And, like, basically got her ex-husband to say the same thing about abusing her. Yeah. Wait, what? Let's see if I can find it. Oh, okay. I do remember seeing tweets that were basically like, yes, J.K. Rowling is a fucking asshole. But something with her ex-husband, like, was not right. I don't, but I didn't look because I just didn't look to see what he had done. Yeah. It, It showed up, like, on my, like trending stuff mm-hmm. and i also still follow sean bigger stuff so um he was tweeting about it i do have to say it is really great that like all of these harry potter stars have yes. come out to be like um please ignore the person behind right. the like like that is wrong right. we <laughs> are like, not that <laughs> we do not agree with yeah. this bullshit that's been really great yeah yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't need any more of my childhood. Oh, Tamora Pierce has also come out and been like, hey, this is shit. Um, please stop doing this. 
Black Lives Matter, Transgender Lives Matter. Um, we don't know what's going on over there, but hey, this is what we support and have always supported. So like, I gotta say at least most of my childhood authors, spot on. I don't know what I'm gonna do Good. with my Harry Potter My tattoo. favorite author passed away in 2007. So I've never had to put up with like yeah. Robert Jordan, Oliver James Rigney. He'd be about 90 now and a white guy from yeah. Charleston. Hey. Chances are he wasn't going to be keeping his mouth shut. And I know he was super progressive and he was a, a lovely man. And I don't want to talk any ill about what he might have said. But there's a good chance he would have let himself down at some stage. Yeah. And I've never had to deal with that because he's still white, awesome white awesome i meant <laughs> of perfection <laughs> what the hell white awesome you're yeah. still white awesome what a phrase i mean like <laughs> the author of wrinkle and time died i don't even remember how long ago and whoever runs their social is definitely progressive and in and support of black lives matter and all this um that's going on right now and part of me is like i don't know if the actual author would have been because of how religious she was, I don't know where she would have fallen, fallen on that. So hmm. just, yeah. I find, I find all of that stuff. Right. So we're living in like a, a Facebook world, a social media world, but I'm, I'll use Facebook because it's how I know you guys. Yeah. And I still cannot for the life of me understand any human being who goes onto a public platform and, spouts racist nonsense or anti-trans nonsense and acts like they're trying to convince people that they've got a reasoned logical argument like the one that's been huge in the last week or so has been nascar banning <laughs> the confederate flag and people saying oh they're trying to erase history i can't fly the confederate flag you're erasing history as if the logic of the flag comes down, history suddenly gets removed from books. It gets removed from everywhere else. Like, oh, you, you took down that Confederate soldier statue. You've erased history. The beheadings of the Christopher Columbus didn't happen statues, again. Which, yeah. yes. <laughs> and also take them down. Yeah, that's, I, I love all yeah. that stuff. But like, it just it doesn't... I don't understand how anybody can live in a world where they are happy to put that out for anybody to see yeah, and is, that's yeah. that's the problem like when when as a white guy who's well off living in ireland it's not my place to talk about black lives matter or anything like this here but the changes that need to come people like that need to be afraid that they will feel repercussions when they come up with that stuff because at, at the minute they can say what they want they can do what they want effectively and they get away with it and it feels daunting to think that we're so far away from a solution to a problem that shouldn't exist in the first place sorry i'll get off my soapbox no, now. i was gonna say it, you know it, in like i guess a hopeful kind of way um we are recording i know i think last episode we like alluded that we were recording only a week later but we are actually recording two weeks past um when we recorded our last episode where all of this had started and we talked about it briefly and things like that and it's two weeks later and this is still something that like is is on radar mm -hmm. which is 
why I feel any kind of hope that like change is coming even when my governor does stupid shit like saying you won please stop protesting and it's like no Brianna Taylor's killers are still fucking not yeah so um and and for me what's been really great um I am from the south I you know very southern family and um and also oh, yeah, you're a, not Puerto Rican like <laughs> not from Puerto such Rico. a hard thing to remember um <laughs> And also I, I come from a family of cops. Um, and so generally speaking, <clears throat> when this stuff usually comes up, I don't usually post on social media about it because um, stress is really bad for my autoimmune and it'll end up putting me in the hospital. And at this point, I just don't fucking care. Like whatever, something's going to put me in the hospital in the next, I don't know if it's pandemic or whatever, but it was really nice. Like, it, my sister also started posting stuff. And so I didn't feel alone being like, hey, I understand that we come from a cop family. But the fact of the matter is my dad only started doing de-escalating training and learning how to deal with uh, mentally ill people in a less aggressive way in the past two years. And my dad's been a cop for my entire life. And that is still is like a beta testing kind of thing. And that in and of itself, I guess, was kind of a turning point for me to be like, yeah, um, I can't feel like I stay silent. Like I just like and part of it also is the fact that I have 16 year old siblings. I don't know what they're getting told or anything like that. So like I'm going to keep posting it so that if or when they have questions, they know they can come to me or Caitlin and, and ask. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's it's just really, really nice because usually so much is going on. And maybe that's the thing is that like the pandemic is still keeping so many people indoors that like nothing else can replace this in the rotation right now. And that's why it's staying so present. But it's really nice that it is staying so present. Yeah. From the standpoint of the protests and the riots, the actual lynchings going on, that fucking needs to stop. And we need to stop calling them suicides. Yeah. Like that's... that is the thing I woke up to this morning and was like, all right, <laughs> this is apparently the soapbox I'm going to be on today. What the fuck? I haven't heard this at all. What's... Oh, yeah, there have been four people, I think, in the past week where they have committed suicide by hanging themselves in a tree. Very much air quotes with this. Yeah. Um, two of which were in within a less than 50 miles apart from each other. These are black people. Yes are getting lynched in 2020 mm-hmm. yes jesus fucking yep. christ yeah. yeah but they're being called suicides and the families are like um not suicidal we need an investigation yeah. like we need investigations into this yeah yeah they was, basically just keep a, closing it down there was a young girl killed in england there last week and uh she couldn't swim she never swims and she was wearing she she's uh, i think a muslim um immigrant and she she doesn't swim. She never does. She's afraid of water, and she drowned, and the police ruled it a tragic accident, despite the fact that they found cuts on her what? body, they found bruises on her, um. She was seen getting chased by other kids earlier in the day. She'd reported reported bullying her, and her family had reported bullying repeatedly in the three weeks or four weeks beforehand. And yet still they were like, oh, no, well, a young girl drowned in a river. 
that's what it is. And it, like that's like this, it's going around everywhere. Like I was saying earlier before we recorded, I was talking about um, oh, in Ireland it's not too bad, but it's there. It's the, the racism is there, and for anybody to try and claim it's not, or for anybody who sits and thinks that they are one hundred percent pure we're not none of us are i know i'm not i know i i put this on facebook there last week on a post that the first time i ever met a person of color in my life i clutched my wallet in my pocket and i held my luggage beside me he walked past with his kid wasn't paying attention to me or my girlfriend at the time i'd never seen somebody like that in ireland i was in paris it was my first time abroad and we both like laughed at it and i was sitting there like thinking about it afterwards like when we were back in hotels going why the feck would I do that? And like, I like to think I'm a progressive person. I'm a nice person. And I was, I was raised very well, but I still had that in me somewhere. And even if I was aware that that was there and I don't think I've ever let it manifest, it was still there. It was still something that I reacted to in a way, which makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I think chiefly because he was probably much more rich than I was. So I was an 18-year-old Irish college student. I was barely able to afford noodles. But the fact that I still acted like, oh, this man's going to teach my wallet. Like, it's, it's in all of us. And acting like it's not and people coming out and defending stuff and, oh, telling protesters to stay at home and comply. Like, it's all shit. Yeah. And it's like... It'd be nice to think that the world is going to change very quickly, but it's not. And I'll tell another little story about something that I was watching on Friday. So I follow a group called Achievement Hunter, and they're part of a, a, a media company called Rooster Teeth, and they held a charity stream for Black Lives Matter and Black Girls Code, I think is the name of the group, on Friday. And they raised 150,000 euros or whatever it happened to be through gaming streams. They had to turn off the chat on youtube because of the amount of racism and like this is a group of people raising money through free content like it's 12 hours of people that if you're on their channel you know who they are so you've gone and searched it out and they're playing games like their 10 most popular games and they're all sitting playing them and yet still people felt the need to go on and my gaming company shouldn't be political there it's not political it's not it's like uh, i think it was megan that shared it before there are two races white and political <laughs> there are two genders male and political like that's that the was, nonsense that's coming out i didn't out. share this i don't I, that's the first i've heard but that one i like that keep, politi- keep politics yeah. Out, yeah keep politics out of my entertainment keep politics out of my media fuck that it's all politics we all need to be involved in it and it's gone beyond the point where we can just sit and say i'm not a racist like it's it's time to start speaking up and doing stuff but again saying i'm not a racist it's really easy for me to say that like you have to actively be anti-racist that's what you need to do to actually be helpful to actually be an ally yes um sarah if decker sent me a uh, privilege uh, test the other day um, and just it was like 40 questions and you just clicked on yes or no and uh, yeah let's just say my score was high like I mean you're a white dude I, like, I'm yeah. a white, like that's the thing I'm a white guy 
who's never been picked on. I'm straight. I mean, I'm relatively handsome, you know. Um, but what <laughs> so I'm getting at is, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. I mean, people just fall out of themselves for me. But what I'm getting at is, like, I've never really had hardship. So for somebody like me to be talking like this, it, it means diddly fucking squat, like, because it's easy for me to do it because I'm sitting in my own little world where nothing like that's ever going to happen. And when I see people in in America, like, standing up and rising up and and marching in the face of the abuse that's getting hurled on them like it, it genuinely it, it like it's inspiring but like it's upsetting that they have to do that yeah the one thing because i have been very tired for a very long time that it's still happening that the protests are still happening that it hasn't just kind of gone away is why i actually feel like a glimmer of a glimpse like a tiny sliver yeah. of hope that things may start to change because I don't, I don't know that I, I see like full on change in my lifetime at this point because like, like one of the things that I keep seeing is how the um, is it Ruby Bridges, the first little black girl for the integrated schools, she's only 65. Yes. She's 65 years yes. old. She's barely older than, she's like a couple of years older than my mom. Like this is not that long ago. Like no. that Mar- um what did I see that Martin Luther King and Anne Frank were born the same year as Barbara Walters. So they would be her age. Like it's not. Oh. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to like fact check that, but I swear that's what I saw. Like, it's not like this is just something in the past. That's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. Like it's very recent. It's, it's even, even thinking back to the race riots in the mid nineties around Rodney King mm-hmm. time. And you realize that, solicitors argued that the videotape of him getting beaten up was the police helping him sure sure like that that was a legal argument put forward by bill and some of them got off like it's and that's what 20 24 25 years ago yeah not that long ago and how much has actually changed since then the only change is that we have these little cameras in our pockets that we can now record all this yeah. stuff because these body cams what's aren't going doing on. shit yeah. to stop this like oh the body cams that mysteriously or are break. not on yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want to uh also throw in here um there are a lot of movies that are available on basically any streaming service um and some are even available for free on youtube currently um to go and like just educate yourself yeah. with um and just speaking of the cameras um the the book the hate you give which we did what two years ago was it i don't oh, know God. 22 don't know. years ago i don't know at some fucking ago. point we read it <laughs> yeah um which by the way if you still haven't read that book that is a fantastic yep. book go fucking listen to our episode on it if you don't haven't but it's it's her uncle is a cop so it's not intended to be like a fuck the police if it was written today it probably would have been um, i would not be surprised if yeah. angie thomas's next book just but the thing is is like that book came out in what 2017 2018 and the movie came out maybe a year later and by that point the book updated into the movie added in people pulling out their phones immediately to start filming because that is how important that is. Yeah. And that is terrifying. Um, because also the recordings don't actually stop them, the cops, from murdering no, people. No. 
Body no. cams also don't stop them if they're on. Yeah. And in, again, it's not that the pol- it's not the police chief seeing the videos that is stopping things. It's when we see the videos. Right. And that's what makes me ill. Right. It's only if the public gets to see a video that something actually happens. Yeah. If there is no video or for some reason the video doesn't get leaked somewhere, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but I hope I just hope it finally is the start of something finally fucking changing and that we don't go back to 2019 and 2021. Hmm. My friend read yesterday was like, "Do you think we're going into or going to have another civil war?" And I was like, "I think we're already kind of in one, honestly." Um and they were like, no, we're like, you know, we're going to pick up guns and, and go, like, no. essentially, like, in the 1800s. And it's like, no, I don't think that that's how, if we are going to be a civil war um, more than what we already have, I think that it's going to continue to be kind of what it is. But other countries' influences will jump in and things like that. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a ton of hope. I am very, very pessimistic these days, but um, I'm looking forward to fighting more uh, and going to a place where, um, because I live in a blue bubble currently. I live in New York City and New York City has a lot of problems, don't get me wrong, but it is overwhelmingly blue. So... um, and if anybody hasn't been watching Georgia and just like the horrors of the so blatantly obvious voting suppression going on. Yeah. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> uh, so I look forward to taking off from work to become a voting person, volunteer or whatever the fuck that is um, to help stop fighting that shit. Cause yeah, like, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm so tired for so many reasons right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this book helped. I know we just went on a we long did. tangent that was kind of, it, it was needed. Wait, can we talk about Bobby's horrible death? Yeah. Speaking of childhood authors that are shit and uh, leading up to all the shit that is going on in this world, Bobby's death is miserable. Yeah. And like oh graphic. And, um, if I wasn't already afraid of water. <laughs> like, I know I started the series with the second book that's told from Corky's perspective. And she obviously talks like we, we learn. We, we don't learn about it, but it's because in theory, you would have it's read clear. the first she book. Had a sister, right? yeah. So Bobby is discussed a little bit. And I don't know, going back and reading the first book, it's like, oh, damn. So the person whose perspective we're seeing is now being murdered. And we get to kind of see it from her, her perspective. It's like, no one is safe. Everyone can die. I, it's the fact that it's... for Again, I, I'm assuming some people haven't read this. or I don't know. Like, she is... Of all the ways yeah. to go, I can't imagine one much worse than being scalded and drowned at the same time. Like, it is... And it's described in great detail. Yes. And you're... It's from her point of view, so you're getting a sense of the desperation she's feeling, and it's just, oh, I mean, I think the first time I read 
POV character dying was I think maybe it was in the Ruby Knight I would have been about 14, 15 reading it if I'd have read this back when I was 9 or 10 I think it genuinely would have scarred me like the idea that because I don't know if you guys do this but like I pretend I'm the POV character oh yeah that's the whole point of first person yeah yeah, so so I do that a lot Um, I mean it was a bit awkward this time reading about a senior in high school girl going in for a shower um, but I mean, I, I put myself in there. I, I was in mind. But as a kid, I used to do that a lot. And I would always like, and I, I, I would almost feel like I am Belgarian and, and I, I am Frodo, right? Uh, anyway, I was never Frodo. Like, <laughs> 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 okay, Sam, it's <laughs> but I would be that character. And the idea of a nine year old reading themselves dying just, it's just freaky. And, Oh, I don't know. I, like, th- how did that affect you when you were younger? I Stephanie? mean, so again, starting with the second book, the, like the books really, it was more the idea for me that any one of my best friends could be inhabited by this evil spirit and just go on a murder in people like kids. Well, I wasn't <laughs> 17 when I was reading it, but like in theory, kids not that much older than me are getting killed in very crazy, violent ways. Let me know what happens when you read the second book, Ollie. Let me know what you think. <laughs> um, right. Oh, no. And then going back to this one, and this being how Bobby dies, and the fact that it was her perspective, I was just like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Just terrifying. That's what really pulled me in, and the being scared. And I think the only the book that really fucked with me was the Amityville Horror. Again, about like the idea of evil spirits, possession, like evil stuff. Uh, I mean, there. I can't try to think if there are other Fear Street books that really scared me, scared me. It was more this one and like the, because there's other ones that are like, oh, this is clearly like a person doing this. It's not like an evil spirit. Right. Yeah, not possessed. Yeah. They're just doing this for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, no, definitely terrifying, especially because when I went back to reread this or to read this one for the first time, I was like, oh shit, Bobby was our girl. It wasn't quirky, like thinking that it was quirky the whole yeah. time to get to the second book it was bobby was our girl and she was not our final girl she was guilty that is and a good way of putting we, it she's not our final right. girl yeah we also get the response from right. Corky. um yeah so like her, her older sisters just died in a horrible way and we're then suddenly transported into the mind of a 15 year old or 16 mm-hmm. year old who finds her who is finding this out it finds her finds evidence that another girl might have mm-hmm. been involved in the crime and you're like holy sh like this is some dark yeah. stuff yeah. and it's not what i was expecting <laughs> yeah when i was told fear street cheerleaders I was like oh this is gonna be a good nope, time romp this is not lighthearted. keep going with yeah. the series <laughs> but this is why like i make the comment or the joke i don't know it depends on the conversation of like if I'm going to read horror, I prefer a middle grade or young adult horror book because I feel like most adult horror books, it's some kind of existential horror of like alcoholism it's cosmic horror, Megan. or cosmic. Oh, fuck off. Uh, of like alcoholism or like hmm, I had a bad childhood and that's come back to me in this form of a demon or like the, you know, I read a possession book recently and it was a lot about how the demon just like wanted to fuck guys and buy shoes. And like, everybody was like, this book is really creepy. And I'm like, 
it's kind of boring. <laughs> it's a kind of boring guys, demon. I think I might have a demon in me. Uh, <laughs> but guys, buy shoes. I just bought shoes. And, well, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Stephanie. <laughs> but there's something about, like, the middle grade YA horror genre that strips away the, like, literary aspect of it, I guess, is a way of putting it, where it's like, I don't necessarily need the horror to be questionable. I, or an allegory for something yes. else. Yeah. That's... Or like, I don't want to finish a book and be like, was there a ghost or not? Like, occasionally, sure, fine. There's a really good um, Tremblay book where it's the cabin at the end of the world i think is what it's called where like i literally can't rate it on goodreads because that book fucked me up it is so fucking scary um and you don't know what the real ending is and that's about the only adult book that i can think of off the top of my head where i was like yep that was some fucked up crazy shit that actually like i couldn't sleep for a few days but for the most part, I'm just like, strip it down, take it away. These Sweet Valley books are I'm going to try to find, and they're likely going to freak me out a little bit more than like a Stephen King book. I just, yeah, maybe that is... I, even Pet Cemetery, which mm -hmm. I loved, was still an allegory for being a parent. Right. Is this And why... like the fears of being a parent. Because you and I have talked about how like we were like, oh, we want to get scared. And we haven't really been scared yeah. by books that are made for adults. Is this why? <laughs> like, because we grew up with these things where it's yeah. like, no, this, there's an evil spirit. Yeah. But these kids are just getting straight up fucking murdered. Period. There's no metaphor. There's no, yeah. let's look deeper into this. Or is there a ghost? No. In this one, there is an evil spirit. In other ones that I remember, no, this person was just evil, not possessed, and a murdering people. Maybe that's why we were just not scared yeah. by a lot of the stuff we've been reading as adults. Maybe. I, I find a lot of the adult horror, I mentioned earlier about the cosmic horror thing. Once you get to the point where a portal has opened, there's almost no description that you can give that's going to make the person reading be afraid because you're suddenly dealing with stuff that no human being can combat. Like it's, it's almost like um, if we talk about like bring it into Marvel superheroes for a second, it's much easier to identify with daredevil than it is to identify with mm. Thor. And yeah, daredevil is dealing with shit. Thor is dealing with ice giants <laughs> on Thorndile. Like, and that's what cosmic horror is. It's, oh, we're bringing in the old gods. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit about the old gods. If the old gods come in or they don't come in, I'm fucked anyway. Like, it's not like I'm going to be able to personally stop them. So when I'm reading this story about a girl who dies in an accident on a grave and gets possessed by the person inside the grave, because spoiler alert, that's what happened yep. at the beginning. Yeah. Um. Then you're like, oh, so this is just a malevolent spirit is inside this new this young woman's body, and she's out to get revenge. That's scary. Yeah. Like that's scarier to me than any Cthulhu is coming. Ooh. Same. But you know what? He's an indescribable horror. Wow. Thanks a million, author. <laughs> you can't describe the horror that he right. is. Yeah. There's a series um, that it's only two two of the four books have been written and published. Um, and it's called, it's by Catherine Arden. And the first one's called Small Spaces. And the second one's called Dead Voices. And this is a middle grade horror series. And it is one per season. And um, 
I went to a book signing, and then that's how I heard about this. And the first one, um, and I, I I don't remember why I even p- picked the book up, other than the fact that I really like Catherine Arden. Um, and then I made Mary read them after I read them. And, like, I remember reading this book. This first one is about, like, it's about a girl whose name is Ollie. And uh, they are on yes. a school trip to this farm. And, like, this farm is, like, like suddenly there's scarecrows maybe, like, like the bus driver stops and like maybe they're trying to kill all the kids and then there's scarecrows and then like this overarching demon thing and it's i remember sitting there in my apartment and being like i gotta turn on some light <laughs> it's a little too dark in here and it is a middle grade book and then the second one which is in winter and they end up in this like um hotel being the only like um guest and stuff and i just i was like why is it that middle grade horror is so much scarier <laughs> and it's the, I think this is entirely why it's like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I prefer it and I'm always going to, and I think movies do that a lot more too. I feel like if you put a movie on a scale of like middle grade YA horror versus adult, it's still going to fall in because it's, it's rarely an allegory for something else. Like, Hereditary, that was a fucking coven of witches trying to bring back a demon. Oh, is that what it was? I mean, like, <laughs> you know, paranormal activity. There's a fucking evil spirit yeah. running around just, like, killing hey, people. And Paranormal like, activity is the last time, and it was the first time in about 10 years, and it was the last time that I have physically reacted oh. to a movie. And it's not any of the big super scary stuff that happens it's the first time the door moves <laughs> because because you know, like it's 20 minutes in and they're like oh he set up cameras and there's a an awkward as fuck sex scene um and then they go to bed and it's just like recording it's like 2 21 a.m and next minute the door just moves about three inches <laughs> and i was in the cinema and i was with my wife stroke future ex-wife and uh i legit squeeze the hand because it was like oh yeah. what what is this <laughs> something interesting happened. and uh everything else that happens after that no jump scare nothing just just that small mm. little thing of i wasn't expecting that yeah oh, that thing's because obviously i knew it was a horror movie yeah. and i was expecting like the demon to show up but the fact that it was mm. just the door moving when it shouldn't have been right. moving generally yeah i think there's another scene where the covers kind of move a little bit or come off or something (sighs) yeah (laughs) i think it's the third one so we saw these actually out of order we saw number two before we saw number one (laughs) i love my childhood (laughs) and (laughs) we walked out of two being like man that was really good but that ending was like really light like that was a really quick ending i don't know what just happened there that's when we found out that number one takes place at the end of number two. <laughs> oh, where she just shows up. Yeah, yeah, we were just like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but okay. Like, that was just a really weird winding. Oh, that's why. The third one, where it's like the, the so, like a ghost in the, the blanket. When they, and she then, throws like, the blanket. Falls. Yeah. Yes. That one, that one still gets I me. I did, because it was like that's a child size, Casely. too. She throws the sheet yes. and it lands on essentially a child-sized yes. ghost and then drops. Oh. And I was like, oh. See, I, I, <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen the third one. Um, uh, the only, the only thing that makes paranormal activity two 
significant in my life. It's the only time I've ever been kicked out of a cinema. Um, <laughs> because we were sitting in the second from back row, myself and my friend TJ. TJ's six foot six. He's a beast of a human being. And two kids behind us started taking oh, phone Jesus calls. Christ. And they were about 16, 17. And I turned around and I'm little small <laughs> little me. And I went, guys, can you just put the phones away? And they started talking louder. And TJ turned around and said, I'm going to <laughs> shove that phone down your throat oh. if you don't put it away right now. And the guy hung up. And then three seconds later, it rang. And he answered and goes, yeah, that prick is talking to us again. And TJ turned around, picked up the phone and was in the process of shoving it into the kid's mouth. Oh, shit. When, oh, God. when the... Um, the usher comes in and he's like, right, you guys are out. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I'm just sitting here. You're with him. You're out. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Um, like, just for the record, he wasn't going to actually hurt the kid. He was just like, open your mouth, like jokingly. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Forcing it into his throat. When I worked at a movie theater, um, at some point it became my job on opening weekends. I had to go and like stand in theaters of whatever pg-13 likely very rarely rated r uh horror movie was out to keep the crowd controlled down because teenagers are a fucking mess yes hmm. and this is how i ended up seeing a lot of really bad horror movies between 2006 and 2008 nine eight so yeah <laughs> just uh just to finish out the story in the book uh I think this is why they're cheerleaders is so that Corky can do all the cool so shit die. <laughs> in the final yeah. fight at the end. Yeah. yeah. Where she's like backflipping out of yeah. the way and for um, any wrestling fans out there, I'm fairly certain she wins at the end by giving the demon a German suplex into the grave. Because <laughs> like the way it's described is she flips around behind her and then kind of throws her into the graveside. So basically Jennifer, the girl who was crushed at the beginning yeah has has been inhabited by sarah fear mm-hmm. one of the fears of fear <laughs> street and um she's going out and getting revenge on anybody that has wronged jennifer even though bobby hadn't wronged right. jennifer in any way she was totally setting up kimmy I mean, as to take weird. fall because these are people who wronged kimmy essentially because like sure yeah. like jennifer before jennifer before the accident, Jennifer is in favor of the of the sisters um, auditioning. She she's the captain; it's her decision, over, so yeah. she lets them audition. Um, after the accident, Bobby goes to visit her every single day for like two weeks because apparently that's all it would take me to recover enough to get back to school after this horrific accident where you've been paralyzed. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, teenagers are more resilient, you know. That's true. Um, that's that true. was the point where I went, okay, so Jennifer is possessed. <laughs> evil um because yeah no because like there's also a part two where bobby sees jennifer walking when she's outside of her house and sees jennifer walking around her house but then jennifer answers the door and she's in the wheelchair so that's where i was like okay yeah that's another another weirdly written scene because it's almost like she says she sees her sliding past the window standing up like it's it doesn't it's not like i see her walking it's like she goes past the window it's like wait did i see that and also too like it was weird so at the end when corky she thinks it's kimmy because she finds kimmy's pendant and then she confronts kimmy 
when she remembers about this. And Kimmy's like, no, I gave it to Jennifer weeks ago or months ago or whatever. She goes to confront Jennifer. Mm. Jennifer's driving, ends up at the, at the cemetery. And she's doing this weird, like, dance around Sarah Fear's grave with that uh, cheerleading yeah. pennant thing. Like, you don't really ever get an explanation for what the fuck she was doing at this grave. <laughs> I, yeah, I think... I might have read this as I think she was doing a right and the plan was for her to put Bobby's body in the grave oh, like... so that what? Sarah could then take over the body if that makes sense I think I read that somewhere I was like I didn't <laughs> pick that up at all like, I, that was, I was like I, I just sense. assumed she was out doing like witch's coven stuff like i'm not in a witch's yeah. coven you yeah. guys will have to tell me what it's like yeah <laughs> i i just assumed that this was something that maybe got explained on later books like what the fuck's going on like why but not really from what i remember <laughs> <laughs> i think it really just more sets it up for after corky defeats jennifer jennifer's dancing around that pennant thing after she defeats her and goes back home the pennant is in her bed that's like the, yeah. the, yes. the another cliffhanger thing where we end on is uh oh the how the fuck did this get exactly? <laughs> yeah, I appreciated yeah. that. Um, so yeah, Ollie, welcome to our teen years. Yay! Or not even teen <laughs> yeah, years, our preteen years. Pre-teen, I enjoyed it. I think yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was like I, I I know I was joking about it earlier, but I have bought the the second book, um, yes. and it'll be arriving with my Crichtons, and I'll probably read it before the Crichton. So. Let us know what you think. Or wait, Megan, are you going to read them? I will, but I'm not any time soon. I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah. Don't want spoilers because there's the third one is pretty good. Let me know what you think. And yeah, no, let let me know what you think. Like, I'm honestly, this makes me want to find the chain letter series. I don't know why, (laughs) but like, that's the one I want to read now. I don't know. I just want to go back to a more innocent time. Right. Right. Oh, um, so before we discuss what we're going to read next for the podcast, um, what are we going to read in between the podcast? Ollie, do you know what you're going to read? <laughs> I mean, I'm you basically to told us, but <laughs> yes. I'm going to read go the second evil, which is the second <laughs> okay. book in this series. And then I'm going to read some Michael Crichton books. And um, yeah. I, th- right. So we kind of mentioned earlier, and I want to be bringing it up again. I am four chapters from the end of Half-Blood Prince during a reread of Harry Potter mm. and it's just sitting there on a sh- on like the bedside locker and it's not going to get finished because I just can't bring it into myself but yeah. I also can't not finish the last four chapters so yeah. I'll be wrestling with that over the next week or so yeah. and eventually like hate read it at some stage um, which is annoying because I think Half-Blood Prince is the best of the Potter books. So, ugh, and I was genuinely enjoying it up until, you know, shit hit the fan. A few days ago, yeah. I should, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's it. So some Crichtons. I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to read the synopsis of the back of each of them. And if Andromeda Strain is about vampires, which I think it might be, I'm going to read that and keep my horror stuff Do going. It. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And also get the third. Evil. I really, really. <laughs> yes. And then a new. I evil. really like reading horror in the summer and in October, obviously. But like, there's something about it in the summer. Something about long 
summer nights that I'm just like, no, I want to dive into the dark. Like I'm <laughs> such a fall and winter person where I'm just like, like I, I really fucking hate like mostly. Okay. Part of this is also the fact that like I'm back getting back into running. I'm not going to run in the middle of the day. Um, and the sun comes up at 5 a.m. and it doesn't set until almost 9 p.m. And I'm like, I just want to go fucking running. Like, like I went running at 8 a.m. and like yesterday and I was like, it just feels so. And it, it was a gorgeous day. Yeah. Like it was a perfect day to go for a long run. But I was also like, I like to run at night. I like to run when it's dark. <laughs> I like to outrun the dark. I usually have a horror audio book on and it's like which is how i did um five midnights um was running um and so i'm just like but then this is also where i read horror in the summer so i uh i used to run at nighttime a lot um especially during the summer and when i was first listening to serial about three years after everyone else in the world had listened to serial you know know the intro (laughs) You know the intro to the serial is like the piano and it's like ominous sounding. Mm-hmm. And I was running through the woods on a running trek with my dog and my dog never barks. And mm-hmm. suddenly out of nowhere, while the intro music, the serial was playing, Murphy barked at like this set of bushes. And oh, no. I, I mean, this close to soiling my pants, basically. <laughs> And Murphy's like barking and there's like rustling and I'm there going, oh my God. And I'm taking off the earphones and I'm going, I need to be able to hear what's going on. I was genuinely feeling that like heart in mouth moment and a cow <laughs> just kind of stuck its head through the bush. And I went, I legit nearly had a heart attack over the most placid animals on the planet. Just, oh, oh no. stupid cereal into music. <laughs> Did you? And the bark. With the combo, the bark, with the yeah, bark. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of Murphy there. <laughs> Why he's barking at the cows? <laughs> Stephanie, what are you going to read? Now? Uh, well, I already read the second and third evil, so I'm going to read a new <laughs> evil, the fourth one, and then also okay. um, the my sister gave this to me for Christmas. It was either my sister or my mother. I think it was my sister. The Complete Fiction of Nella Larson, um, collection of short okay. stories. She was a Harlem Renaissance writer that I'm not familiar with, so I'm going to break that open and give that a go. So I, I mean, there's a good chance that after this, like, the next, all of my, what am I reading next, could all be Black authors, because I just, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep, this might be the last yeah. one where I have uh, a white author for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How about you, Don't do you worry, know? guys, I'll keep reading, I'll keep reading white men's stories yeah like we need we need to keep they need that they need like, yeah they need cause, that because if you don't you erase them from history right exactly yeah i cannot tell you like um we talked about book right i don't think we actually talked about them on the podcast but the fact that they do like they show daily deals mm-hmm. and like they transitioned all of their daily deals into black authors and i like truly appreciated that i have bought so many mm-hmm. books over the past um two weeks between audiobooks and uh ebooks and it's wonderful mm. it's it's so good to add to my collection and not just like like i did buy like how to be um anti-racist and white for um fragility and eloquent rage like and thick that was mm. the other one like i bought a bunch of like essay class collections but also you have to remember like 
to also read black authors that are writing things that aren't meant to like happy stories yeah, yeah happy stories and like good stories and like like we do like we Fiction. both love Melissa Cole yes, exactly. and yeah um so yeah um I like the what was it slay I think is yeah I meant to grab my copy which was one of my absolute favorite books that I read last year um, she's got another one coming out soon. Um, I was very excited. Like all these authors that I love are like announcing books now. Cause it's like, Hey, I've got your attention. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you are not following any kind of like book deals, I highly recommend book riots because right now they are really focusing on black authors and queer authors, given that it is pride month. Um, so, and it's usually like $5 and less. Um, so yeah, I've added so many books. Nice. Like, cause two dollars here and there just right. doesn't seem like much. <laughs> so, um, just looking at something else. But I did um, the I the bleh, book of the month club um, sent me an email of their books for June, and of course the new Riley Sager book hmm. was in the collection, hmm. um, which doesn't come out until June 30th, but book of the month club sends books out a little bit early. Um, he is just, I, I have so much fun with his books. His first one was final girls, um, which was about a bunch of final mm -hmm. girls getting killed off. Um, the second one was about a girl, a woman going back to the, um, summer camp where um, a friend of hers died. There's a big mystery behind that. Mm -hmm. The third one is about this like gothic hotel in New York City where um, they're very selective about the people that they let in and everything. And I actually don't know what anything about this one is about um, because he's basically just on my list of he's put out a book. I'm going to buy it. So um, the book of the month club's cover doesn't isn't in black or isn't in doesn't glow in the dark, but the actual, <laughs> like when it comes out, it, it in the end of the month it does. Most I almost always read these in advanced copies, and I didn't get an advanced copy of this one this time. So, um, which is why I have it in hardback. I usually buy them in paperback. Yeah, for people but, listening, it's a really pretty book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's like a green book with yellow like glowing. Um, it's got a green chandelier. I think it's like a a woman returning to her. Um, like family estate where there may or may not be ghosts. So I don't know. I'm really excited. Um, his last one was just like, I fucking love haunted New York stuff. It's just so great. People going missing. Uh, what is the big secret? Love it every time. So this is on my list for between episodes. Um, for our next episode, we are going to be celebrating Pride Month, um, as everybody should be, or Pride Wrath Month, whatever you want to dig into. Um, I am stalling because I closed down <laughs> phone. Is it some sort of epic love story you're going to read? <laughs> yes, it is. We are reading, this is kind of an epic love story by Karen Callender. So, yeah, and uh, just to go ahead, the dedication for this is for queer people of color everywhere. So, very excited. Um, deal with some, like, first love 
moments, crushes, and all that stuff, we'll, we'll have a good, happy book because at some point we have to. <laughs> Ollie, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank oh, you for always coming a on this weird-ass episode. Always a delight. <laughs> can, can I give a... Because normally people give like um, uh, plugs and stuff. So I was about to say, do you want to plug anything? But sure, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I have... I have two things I want to plug. Um, so uh, this is, okay, I don't do podcasts anymore. I just do every now and guest once so I don't have any. Um, listen to Media Evil. It's great. Uh, but in the last couple of weeks, for some reason, I've started listening to musicals again, and I never normally do. So uh, if you haven't listened to either of them, I recommend you listen to the entire soundtrack of Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. and uh, Six. And I know I can see Megan shaking her head there about Dear Evan Hansen, but I really like it. It, it really just touches me. It's lovely. And, uh, um, and six, I got some thoughts on that, but, six but uh, is, I do like six the music. Is brilliant. So, oh, wait, six is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, then listen to the Beetlejuice soundtrack because it rocks. And, uh, Beetlejuice soundtrack <laughs> is also very good. Nice. Have you listened to the Legally Blonde soundtrack? I have mm-hmm. not, but... It is so much fun. Oh. I will stick it on and give it a go because <laughs> that's what I've been doing for the last week What I've been reading is soundtracks in the thing uh, what's your issue with dear evan hansen i don't know anything about it at all beyond um, listening to the soundtrack my understanding is that it's like well we can talk about it after because that is a very like touchy yeah um the, i do like most of the music and i really like bill um not bill ben platts that um originated the role yeah um so i will not in support of that um but yeah, also adding in Hades Town and Moulin Rouge are also really good soundtracks. But uh, Legally Blonde is strangely like one of my favorite soundtracks. And if I'm in a bad mood, that is one of the things I put on. I'm going to keep that in mind and give that a go. Musicals like are yeah. great, guys. Listen to musicals. <laughs> yeah. You will musicals never fail to put a smile on your face. Unless it's Les Miserables. In which oh, case you're going to cry. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just get ready. Just cry. Stephanie, you got anything to plug? Just us. All Just right. JVC. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I host a couple other podcasts. Um, mostly of note right now is that uh, we are talking about bringing Handbook Podcast back to reread Twilight um, in preparation for the new Twilight book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it has been two hours and 20 minutes, but that did come back. <laughs> Wait. Still haven't given that a go. Um, maybe Ellen and I can force that. No, not force that. Maybe Ellen and uh, I can sweetly talk you into reading some of it with us. Maybe. Maybe. No, I, I, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to say. Um, and I will say it again on the podcast in the longer form, but Twilight is trash. It really is. But it got a generation of girls to read and it def- defined a lot of things for YA um, that I think are still being done and done well. Um, Stephanie Myers, I don't think is a terrible person. Um, there is a lot of issues with that book, but I got to tell you that some of the lowest points of my life, like after my car accident, um, like right now I'm going through a lot of personal shit. Twilight is something that is very easy to just pick up and fucking read. And it just, it's like, I don't expect anything of it. And I know it's trash. I don't care. It is an easy read. I, uh, I disagree that it's trash. Um, 
I have read the Twilight books and my problem and the reason I always go is because I was such an asshole when I was reading the Twilight books about I couldn't stop myself from telling people this is shit why am i reading this oh what bad writing oh this is a stupid romance novel and at the same time i was reading them and i was enjoying them and <laughs> yeah it's very hard yeah. not to enjoy the twilight it is, books it is like it's the same ridiculous. with the divergent series oh yeah people Those, people shit yeah. all over them it's almost impossible not to enjoy reading the divergent series books yeah no it's Exactly what you're going to expect to get from an early 2010s, I think actually Twilight predates that just a little bit, but it is kind of the defining like line for YA um, because Harry Potter um, started as a children's middle grade book and then eventually is YA by the end. But I think Twilight is the start of what set up a YA f- section in a, in a bookstore more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a, part of the reason why we're doing it is because we think that Twilight gets a really bad rep, but Twilight is an important part of a culture and this new book is just going to be trash. And I, really I hear certain people haven't read it. I'm not, I know I'm not sure. Um, shade anywhere in this direction. <laughs> people held out and have not I, read it or seen any of the movies. Yeah. That's and that's fine. The movies are just. I mean, I mean everybody looks like they're being held hostage. I, the fine. the first movie yeah, is enjoyable, uh, and then every other movie after that is so bad. <laughs> like once the werewolves start showing up, spoiler alert! Yeah. It just it's <laughs> shocking. But the first one, the first one, I I quite like it. I I even don't hate Bella Swan in it, <laughs> and I hate her normally. Okay. <laughs> So Elle and I are both really excited um, to reread these and to talk about them and their importance and um, and how something can be important and still be trash. Like, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've got coming out. I got a lot of things coming in um, in the next few months that I'm very excited to talk about. But that is hopefully the next one that's coming up. Um as for the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JBC Podcast. Uh, we will be back in two weeks to discuss this is kind of an epic love story. Get some love in our lives. Um, and until then, um, I will repost uh, the lists of Black-owned bookstores. Uh, so if you are looking to purchase books, go check any of those out. Um And we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) A-S-M-R.